Thank you, Pastor Mel and Pastor Lisa, for this opportunity to speak to the wonderful congregation that God has blessed you to pastor. The Stevens family loves and appreciates the Reddies, and we are so excited to be joining you all here to serve together at the Sanctuary Church. We give honor to Pastor Robert Spencer, his wonderful wife Janice. You guys make a tremendous teammate family to the Reddies, complimenting them in so many ways. To the saints of the Most High God, I greet you in the mighty name of Jesus. So excited to be with you tonight. And uh, I, I, my prayer is that God would speak to you, that it wouldn't be Caleb Stevens, but that God would speak into your life. And so if you would allow me to, thank you for inviting me into your home, for tuning in tonight to this broadcast on this Wednesday night. I believe that something special is going to happen. I've been in, in communication with God, and he has a word for you. If you will allow me, give me a few minutes of your time, and I believe that God wants to touch you in a special way. So let's dive in. Let's start in Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 4. We're going to read verse 4 through verse 9. Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Wow, what an incredible word from God. But listen to what Jeremiah's response is. Then said I, ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. He starts making excuses. I've been there. I've done that. But the Lord said to him, say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. I'd like to title my message to you this evening, I Don't Want to Die with Potential. Would you bow your heads in prayer with me? Lord, I love you today. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for this wonderful group of people that have tuned in tonight. I pray that you would speak through your servant Touch my mouth just like you touched Jeremiah. Put your words in my mouth this night for a specific and uh, important message that you want to share with these people. I pray, oh God, that you would capture their hearts and minds. Jesus, that your presence would fill their living rooms, their homes, wherever they are watching this right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, let your will be done tonight. And we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. I don't want to die with potential. Born February 17, 1975, David Goggins is widely considered to be the toughest man alive. He is a retired Navy SEAL and the only man ever to complete three hell weeks in SEAL basic training. And if that wasn't punishment enough, he went through the training to become an Army Ranger and an Air Force Tactical Air Control Party member. Mr. Goggins has completed over 60 ultra-marathons, triathlons, and ultra-triathlons. He held the world record for push-ups, or pull-ups, excuse me, completing 4,030 
in just 17 hours. I was recently listening to a podcast where he was being interviewed and he made this statement. It stood out to me and I believe it'll stand out to you. He said, I have a belief that one day I will stand before my maker and that God will bring before me the man that I could have been if I had fulfilled all of my potential. He went on to say, my worst nightmare is that I will not be able to recognize him when I see him. So I am on a mission to look exactly like that man. I am chasing him every day. I love that tenacity. Echoing those statements, author and humorist Irma Bombeck said, when I stand before God at the end of my life, I would hope that I would not have a single bit of talent left and I could say, I used everything you gave me. I don't want to die with potential. The message tonight was birthed from a conversation with my wife. The amazing, lovely Carrie Ann is a delightful woman in so many ways. Not only is she beautiful, but she's godly and brilliant and inspires me every day to stretch myself to become all that God has created me to be. And sometimes in life, things happen that bring us face to face with the mortality of our human existence. It was in one of those moments that she turned to me and said these words, I don't want to die with potential. And the conversation evolved from there about our future and what God would have us do. You see, ladies and gentlemen, there is an invaluable treasure Impossible to count the value. Buried in cemeteries all over the world. Unrealized potential. Missed opportunities. Lost chances. Moments, hours, days, and before we know it, even years can slip through our fingers without much of significance to show for it. We all feel this, recognize this when a young person is taken too early from this life. And we mourn for all that person could have been, could have become, and could have done. It's a tragic loss. However, I dare say an equally tragic thing is when someone lives to a ripe old age and has nothing of eternal value to show for their time here on earth. As I speak about potential this evening, the first thing that might come to your mind is that I'm talking about human success. I've read a lot of success books and personal development books and listened to inspirational, motivational speakers a lot because I want to be the best version of myself that I can be. But I'm not talking about human success here today. You see, success has been placed on a pedestal in our, in our society. Those with the most money, the best relationships, the largest networks, and the most followers win in the race to the top. That is success as we've defined it in our culture. And too often we spend our days pursuing success when it's significance that really matters. I'm not preaching against success here today, not at all. If you're going to do something, work hard to be the best that you can possibly be at it. 
I believe it brings glory to God when his children are successful. So I'm not preaching against success. But, and I believe that the blessings of God and right living will elevate his people to places of success. People walking in covenant with Almighty God should be the most successful people in the community. However, we are not blessed merely for our own comfort and pleasure. You see, God is less interested in you and I being comfortable than he is in stretching us to become all that he has planned for us to become. When he formed you in your mother's belly, he dreamed a dream and had a plan in mind of something extraordinary that success won't scratch the surface of. Will getting that extra degree change the world? I don't know. Maybe it will. Maybe it will increase your capacity and cause you to become more influential for the kingdom if you do. You see, it's all about perspective. What is the real motive? Is pride at the base of it? If so, God can't bless that. You see, he said, I resist the proud, but I give grace unto the humble. No flesh is going to glory in his presence. So I'm not talking about success as we know it, but I am talking about significance. Success versus significance. What is the difference? Well, let me illustrate using this story. You're familiar with Peter, James, and John, the three of the closest disciples to Jesus Christ. They were fishermen. And imagine Peter, James, and John. They could have become the most successful commercial fishermen on the Sea of Galilee. They would have been able to acquire the finest boats available and nets that would have allowed them to catch even more fish. That success would have allowed them to purchase fleets of boats and hire crews of men to run them. They might have become world-renowned as the greatest fishermen to ever sail the sea. But no matter what extraordinary level of success they might have achieved as fishermen, I promise you tonight that I would not be talking about them here some 2,000 years later. But something happened one day when Jesus passed by and invited them to follow him. And dropping their nets, they walked away from their boats. And they turned their back on the call of success to pursue the call of God. Were they successful in the way that the world would have defined success? Probably not. But oh, were they ever significant. You see, significance transcends success because these uneducated, ignorant men turned their world upside down. The idea of significance is not lost on us. At some point or another, we all begin to think about our legacy. What will we leave that matters? Throughout history, people have been obsessed with making their mark on the world, with leaving something that they created or built that will live on long after they're gone. We all want to be remembered for living a life that matters. So people will donate their life's work or give tremendous sums of money as philanthropists to get their name on a street sign or, or maybe have a school or hospital named after them. This is the human pursuit of significance. But ladies and gentlemen, let me remind you of a principle. 
that only what's done for Christ will last. This is a kingdom principle. Jesus said in Mark chapter 8, verse 35, if you seek to gain your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake and the gospels, you will find it. That is the secret, ladies and gentlemen. The secret to significance. The secret is this, that we as the children of God are living for something far greater than ourselves. And if we give, as we give ourselves fully to that purpose, to his purpose, God in turn blesses our lives beyond what we could have imagined had we been focused on our own selfish ambitions. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Several years ago, evangelist Morton Bustard at Main District Camp Meeting ended a service, and as people were praying, he stopped everything, and he made this statement. He said, when I am called to heaven, and this life is over, he said, I want to be able to approach the throne of God and take my carcass and wring it out before God and not have a drop of anything left to give. And be able to say, here's the life that I gave you, God. I've wrung every drop out of it for you. So let me ask you this question this evening. What is your potential? No, really, stop and think about it. It's unlikely that we have any idea what our true potential is. How about this? What is your faith potential? What is your Holy Ghost potential? What is your ministry potential? What is your soul winning potential? What is the collective potential of this body of believers at the sanctuary church? I believe that the collective potential inside of us, the Holy Ghost that is there, is the power to turn the world upside down. The same God that was with Peter, James, and John that allowed them to do tremendous things for the kingdom and create such a legacy of significance lives inside of us. That same God is walking with us. I believe that the community here in Cedar Park and Round Rock and Leander and Georgetown, the surrounding greater Austin area, has yet to see the potential of this body of believers. But if we could ever tap in to what God is calling us to, church on a mission, as Pastor Mel has been teaching and preaching about, it's time for the church of God to become mobilized and begin to reach out and begin to do what God has called us to do. Oh, preacher, but you don't know what I've been through, you might say. You don't understand my background. You don't know who my daddy was. Preacher, you don't know what I've done. I've missed my chance to be anything or do anything for God. God can't or certainly won't use me. Sir, ma'am, let me stop you right there. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Satan is counting on you and me, believing those lies. 
He wants us to believe that the blood of Jesus can't change things for us. It's the, and that, that the Holy Ghost isn't able to change a life like yours or mine, but the devil is a liar. I'm here to declare in the name of Jesus, he whom the Son has set free is free indeed. That's why 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creator creature. Old things are passed away and behold, all things are become new. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. You're a new creation, born again into new life with the Holy Ghost comes inside of you. You don't have to walk the way you used to walk. You don't have to be defined by the things that used to define you. You don't have to be stereotyped the way you used to be. You can walk in newness of life because he said he's come to give you life abundantly. Hallelujah. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, you're not the only one that's made those excuses. As we read at the beginning, Jeremiah used excuses when God called him. I made excuses when God called me about why I was not qualified. But did you know the great prophet Elijah used some of the same excuses that we use? The great mighty prophet Elijah that called fire down from heaven. In 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 4, we find Elijah sitting under a juniper tree and asking to die. You see, he was tired of the struggle. I'm sure some of you know what I'm talking about, the struggle, the grind, the the battle. He was tired of constantly having Ahab and Jezebel after him. So in exhaustion, mentally and physically, he collapses under a tree and says, it's enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. This mighty man of God was saying, I'm just like my dad. My grandfather had the same problems I do. My life is so messed up. I might as well just be dead, God. Let me die. But at that moment, the angel showed up with a word from the Lord and a new mission and an assurance that God wasn't done with him yet. He was saying, Elisha, Elijah, excuse me, I don't care who your daddy was. I don't care what your daddy did or how long in your lineage this issue goes back to. My plan for your life is greater than the flaws in your lineage. And I've come with a word for the Lord for somebody. You believe that you can't because somebody's told you you couldn't. But the word of the Lord is coming to you tonight. If God before you, who can be against you? God's plan for your life is greater than the flaws in your lineage. God's plan plan for your life is greater than the mistakes of your own past. His plan for your life is greater than any excuses you might have, abuse you might have suffered. His plans for your life, sir and ma'am, are magnificent. If you could only see past the current circumstances of your problems and trouble that you're dealing with right now, I've come with a word from the Lord for somebody today. Your future mission transcends your past mistakes. There's mistakes 
And then there's the blood of Jesus. And the blood is greater than your mistakes. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. You see, there's natural limitations. And then there's the Holy Ghost potential inside of us. We all have human limitations. But the Holy Ghost residing inside of us knows no limits. And it is powerful. There's natural talent. And then there's Holy Ghost anointing. There is no substitute, ladies and gentlemen, for God's anointing and his power. Your natural God-given talent and hard work will get you to success. But it's only through surrendering, surrendering your life to the will of God and through the power of the Holy Spirit that you can discover your true God-given, God-created potential. So, Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. 1 Peter 5 and 6. Some of us have allowed our pride to keep us from the perfect will of God. Our resistance to humbling ourselves is causing us to live a life that is far below our potential. You see, in God's kingdom, things work exactly the opposite of the natural way. He says the way to be exalted is to humble yourself before God. The way to save your life is to lose it. Mark 8, 34 and 35 says, And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. What about you? What has God called you to be? What are the dreams that God has planted in your spirit somewhere along the way? What is that nagging desire that thing that in the quiet of your devotion in 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 an intimate time with God that was planted in your spirit and you can't shake it, but somehow you've pushed it back in the, the far recesses of your mind. Maybe it was a long time ago. Maybe you've given up on seeing that thing fulfilled and you've given in to the doubt that says you'll never do anything for God and you'll never see that come to pass. But I'm here to declare to you tonight His promise still stands. Great is His faithfulness. It's never too late to take the first step forward. Or maybe it's time for you to take the next step in your walk with God. Philippians 3 13 and 14 says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark, to the pri- toward the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. It's time we stop living in our past. We stop living in the, in the mistakes of the past and ho- letting those things hold us back and begin reaching and pressing and pursuing the call, the high call of God. It doesn't matter how good you are. You haven't arrived yet. Don't stop growing. Don't stop stretching yourself. Don't get so comfortable that you don't stop, that you stop pressing. You see, it's a high mark. 
Only those that stretch themselves can attain the high and holy call of God. But God has it for you. He's ready to come alongside you and say, you can't do it on your own. But with my help and with my power, with my spirit, you can do and be what I've called you to be. I've got to keep reaching. I've got to keep stretching and pressing and pursuing God and his will for my life. God is inviting you to a higher level. He has opened a door of anointing for those who are hungry enough to reach out and press and to receive it. There are greater levels of faith to be attained. There's an invitation into the realm of the miraculous. There are mountains to be conquered. There are mountains to move. In closing, my namesake, Caleb, in the Bible, said, I want that mountain. Caleb was an old man at this time, 80 years old or so. But Caleb, don't you realize that the mountain is high and you're an old man now? Yes, I know. Caleb, don't you realize that there are giants living in that mountain? Yes, I know. Then why in the world would you choose the mountain? Because I remember a promise God gave me a long time ago. And his promise still stands. I remember there's milk and honey flowing on that mountain. I remember clusters of grapes on the mountain so big it took two men to carry. I had the faith 40 years ago when God was, that God was more than able to cause us to go and possess the land and other people's doubts and fears kept me back. It kept me out of my promise. But get out of my way, doubters. Get out of my way, fear mongers. I'm not going to let this moment pass me by again. I have unfinished business on the mountain. Whoo. There's a word from the Lord that somebody's received a long time ago and you haven't cashed that check yet. His promise still stands. Hallelujah. Acts 1 and 8 says, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. What is the potential from this message tonight? What is the potential for those that are listening to the sound of my voice right now? I believe that there is Holy Ghost anointing and power and the Spirit of God is ready to expand our vision, to expand our faith, to begin to see beyond our own human limitations, to begin to see the realm of the miraculous and the things that God is calling us to. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now I invite you in this moment, wherever you are watching this right now, drop whatever else may be trying to vie for your time and would you just surrender to God in this moment, would you bow your head or raise your hands? Whatever you want to do to respond right now, God is speaking to you, sir. God is speaking to you, ma'am. Young person, God has a work for you right now. Hallelujah. Lord, in the name of Jesus, let the power of Almighty God reach into every home, reach into every car, every living room, every family. Lord Jesus, that's gathered listening to this message, I pray that the power of the Holy Ghost would touch lives and minds and spirits right now. In Jesus' name, let your fire fill their house and their home. Let faith begin to rise. Expand our vision to see beyond what we see now. 
We surrender our lives to you. Take us, O oh Lord. We, we agree to take the next step that you have for us. We are ready to go beyond, Jesus, to be the church on mission that you've called us to be. Let me be the hands and the feet of Jesus to a hurting and dying culture and world all around us. People need hope, and we have the hope. Help us, Lord God, to be what you've called us to be. Let the presence of God work right now. Go beyond what I can do. Let the Holy Ghost do what only you can do, Jesus. I thank you for it, Lord. I praise you for it. In the wonderful, mighty, matchless name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your time and attention tonight. I believe in you. I believe in what God has for you. Let your faith grow and step in to your promise in Jesus' name.